you know what the show like kind of reminds me of? It feels like the it feels like the grandmother to hustlers a bit. <laughs> I can definitely see that. I can definitely like the 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 storylines are similar. I think a lot of stories about sex work and mothers doing sex work tend to have a lot of overlap. everyone this is alex and this is m welcome to the latest episode of the good the bad the basic this is the podcast for tv lovers movie buffs and binge watchers of all ages on this podcast we'll be discussing what we loved what we hated and what's just a bit problematic about the tv and movies that we're addicted to and do a little bit of rewriting where necessary for much more exclusive content become a show producer on patreon and get access to after-the-episode outtakes, curated playlists, movie reviews, music video retrospectives, and so much more. Join the GBB family at patreon.com forward slash goodbadbasic. Today we'll be discussing the Lifetime series that set the network on fire, The Client List. Based on Lifetime's hugely successful TV movie of the same name, The Client List follows a recently abandoned single mother of two who crosses a personal boundary when she uses her massage therapy skills to earn a living, while also charging for extras. The Client List explores single motherhood, friendship, and sex work through a thoughtful and very provocative lens. So what do we think made The Client List so seductive? Stay tuned. everyone here are some critical details about the client list the series is a drama it was created by suzanne martin and developed by jordan budd it is based on the tv film the client list which was released in 2010 and the client list television series was released from april 8th 2012 through june 16th 2013 it aired on the lifetime network for a total of two seasons and 25 episodes the series stars jennifer love hewitt as Riley Parks. She's our protagonist. She's a massage therapist um, and, like I said, a recently abandoned mother of two. Loretta Devine as Georgia Cummings Clements. She is the original owner of The Rub in Sugarland, um, which is where Riley works. She's Riley's boss and later her friend. Colin Egglesfield as Evan Parks. He's Riley's brother-in-law. Rebecca Field as Lacey Jean Lachlan, Riley's best friend. Alicia Logano as Selena Ramos. She's Riley's former massage school classmate and current co-worker who recommends her for the job at The Rub. Brian Hallisey as Kyle Parks. He's a recurring character in season one and a main character in season two. He is Riley's estranged husband. Sybil Shepard as Lynette Montgomery. She's Riley's mother. Notori Naughton as Kendra. She is a season one main character as Riley's co-worker. We don't know where Notori Naughton went after that, but they say it was a big, rich town. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, Kathleen York as Jolene, Riley's co-worker. She is the only girl at The Rub who only gives straight massages, no extras. Cassidy Gutterslaw as Katie Parks, Riley and Kyle's daughter. Tyler Champagne as Travis Parks, Riley and Kyle's son, 
And last but not least, Lorelei as Nikki Shannon. She's a main character in season two, Riley's newest co-worker. So let's talk about this show really briefly. Um, first, I want to talk about the client list of the movie. This was the first time that Lifetime had ever made a movie like this. They made movies about single mothers before. They made movies about working mothers before. They'd even made movies about sex workers before, but all of those were like really cautionary tale types, you know? <laughs> right. They're the standard sort of Lifetime movie genre, <laughs> if you will. Right. They never made a movie that humanized and gave perspective to sex work, why someone, even a mother, even a wife, would choose um, that line of work, um, how so many women are, you know, supporting themselves and their families doing this type of work. And basically, they they've either made the, the sex worker a polarizing character or someone who, you know, yeah, she does this for all the right reasons, but ends up learning her lesson, quote unquote, the hard way. And this didn't really happen on the client list. The movie was really, really, really brave in regards to Lifetime and the sort of work that they normally do, but it was hugely successful and it was a great vehicle for uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt to continue her television career, right? Because she'd been in The Ghost Whisperer prior to this. Um, right. And, you know, she'd proven that she really has what it takes to be on television. I mean, she kind of started on television via Party of Five. Um, shout out to those who remember Party of Five and remember Sarah and Bailey. <laughs> we hadn't seen her on television in a while. And this was kind of like, and it, we'd never really seen her cast in this way as a wife and mother. And I think it was long overdue. And this was a great role for her. So let's talk about that first season. They gave the show 10 episodes to start. And they really went in guns blazing. <laughs> I really love it. Right. Yeah. Like right away in the pilot, Riley's husband, Kyle, abandons her. They're going through financial hardships like a lot of couples do. And they are a young couple. I think they had their first child when she was like 19 or 20 years old. Um, the children are young still. Um, they're homeowners, which is honestly a lot better than a lot of couples their age with two kids were doing. But, you know, at the first sign of financial trouble, her man is just like, I can't do this. And he leaves because apparently if two people can't do it, then one person can totally do it on her own. <laughs> right. Yeah. This, this pilot is interesting. There's a lot of good, um, setups here. So, this is like a young couple. They're living in Galveston, Texas, and her husband is a f like a veteran who was injured um, in war and thus uh, has been discharged. And so they're sort of, and if you know anything about people who are in like the army or the military, like the, they don't pay you any money. <laughs> um, in fact, like the army specifically, when you join the army, there's like a, in your welcome, in your welcome packet to the army, they include um, an application for food stamps. Uh, Cause yeah, that's how, yeah. They're struggling under this mortgage. She now, like, they're now living off her husband's disability. And she, why this setup is really awesome and interesting is because I recognized Riley's character right away. Like, I know a lot of girls like Riley. I grew up with a lot of girls like Riley. You know, their husband's in the, the military. They never, they graduated high school, but they never, like, went on to, like, get go to college because that's just kind of not like what you do in the South. You get married um, mm -hmm. and you have kids. That's just, that's like sort of the culture. And so then when, you know, your husband blows up or not your husband blows up, but when 
your husband sort of loses his um, financial things, like it's everyone's sort of it's it is like this freeze um of what are we gonna do I remember thinking that I really liked the setup in that way because I was like okay like I get it like these these are people I know like these are these are people who are recognizable their problems are recognizable and uh they seem they're like normal and uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt is Riley is really great she really sort of embodies, I think, that type of girl. Right. She was definitely, she definitely acted her ass off in this role. I'm not going to lie. This was probably my favorite performance of Jennifer Love Hewitt as someone who's seen all her movies and all her shows. I didn't seek it out. It just happened. Okay. <laughs> I was raised in the nineties. Um, but it's, uh, it, I think it's one of her best performances and she definitely gives you all of the Southern Belle teas that you need. When Kyle abandons her, she needs a job because they've been living off his disability this entire time. Right. Um, but yeah, and you know, they have a little bit of financial help from her mother, Lynette, who owns a beauty salon. She needs money and she needs money fast. And to Selena, she and Selena went to massage therapy school together. And Selena's working at the rub over in Sugarland and she's making money hand over fist and she's driving a brand new red convertible. And life is good. Then we get to the controversy of the client list. So apparently, before the show even aired, like right after the movie aired and before uh, the TV show aired, when it was announced that it would become a, a series, there were massage therapists against the client list, begging for the network not to put the show on. Because what Riley does and Selena does and what most of the girls at The Rub do is that they provide extras, not sex, but sexual favors uh, to their clients um, for extra money. And I mean a lot of extra money. I think one of the things the show does well is they give us this character, Jolene, who does not do extras, who just does massage therapy. And they also kind of go out of their way to show why the girls who do give extras make that choice. So the show's not pretending like every massage therapist does this or that it's in their job description, but it definitely makes you sympathetic to the characters who do this and why they're um, desperate for this extra money. Yeah, definitely. It may, the show makes the case. Obviously, the most interesting thing about the show is that it is this very much, it's this light show. Like, it's a very, in, in tone, it's very light, but it's it's about sex work um, and why women do sex work. Uh, but it's very humanizing to all the women who do and don't do do sex work to make ends meet. And that is really, really interesting. It's interesting because I don't, um, it's portrayals of sex work in this way where it's just something that you do. It's not really, and it is, and obviously you are defined by your career in some sor sort of way, but that's not, but your career isn't everything that defines you. Um, right. I think that sh the show finds that, finds that balance. It finds that line of where that is and uh, runs with it. And it's, it's interesting Right, right. Um, the show is really great because I think it does such a good job of balancing, you know, Riley being a single mother, Riley trying to transition and wrap her head around, you know, what her love life looks like without Kyle and, you know, Riley being a sex worker. And it, it juggles all of those very, very well. I don't feel like we're ever too overburdened by any single aspect of her life we always see her as this like whole complete person, not just as one thing or the other thing. 
you know, obviously Riley has a hard time doing this initially. She has a lot of moral quandaries about it. And despite the fact that Kyle has abandoned her, she still sees herself as a married woman. I mean, legally she is, and she's still very much loyal to him. So it's hard to wrap her mind around this, but in the end, she does what any mother would do. She considers the needs of her children first. And then we have the extra layer of drama because, you know, it's lifetime and they love to give us a drama of Riley and this uh, burgeoning romance between her and Kyle's brother, Evan. Right, Evan, who is that guy. He, I don't remember that actor's name, but th- he was like, this actor was like super popular around this period. <laughs> like he was really doing well for himself. He was. Uh, his name is Colin Egglesfield. I never knew his name, but yeah, I saw his face everywhere back then. <laughs> yes, like same because he was like he was always just like the guy. Like he was any like in during this period, any movie that's like whoever like like the boyfriend character is going to be or like the love the male love interest. He was there to like fill that fill that role. <laughs> that's basically his. That was his go to, which I love. Yeah, yeah. And he he plays this role really well. I think he plays Evan with such great sensitivity. So Evan is portrayed as someone who has always had feelings for Riley, but never showcased them or acted upon them out of respect to her relationship with his brother. But now that his brother has done really something that's honestly unforgivable as a husband and as a father, he's stepping up. And in stepping up to try to help her and the kids, these feelings are coming to the surface. I personally feel, and I think the, that's the way the writers want us to feel, that Evan is the brother she should have married. <laughs> right, that's definitely but, what they're going for. Well, like, it is what it is. She picked the wrong one. It's fine. <laughs> um, uh, but, the, you know, these feelings for Evan, this work that she's doing, that she's hiding from him, from her mother, from her best friend Lacey, um, you know, trying to handle these kids um, on her own, all of it is like kind of overwhelming. So you kind of see, I feel like so many women, even if they're, whether they're single mom or not, could see so much of themselves in Riley from just the, the choices that she's faced with and the choices that she has to make. Absolutely. Pretty quickly, her best friend finds out. Evan, when Evan starts dating one of his courses, Evan's a cop and he starts dating another cop. I forget her name, but she's played by the actress TV Carpio. And she comes very close to finding out what Riley does. Right. There's there's that like added hint, hint of drama. Um, like and every episode, somebody comes close to finding out what this girl does. I know there's a lot of, I mean, and that's one of my, I think, problems of the series i think is that they they always do these and that yeah that'll be my that's my overall note for like the series and it's why at least in my mind there's no third season like is that they will introduce like dramatic tension and then they'll just like no like which is like what you're supposed to do they'll and then but then it'll just be like oh no sorry that's not happening and it's and i don't know why it's really it's terrible. They're, they'll introduce, like, dramatic tension to move the story forward, and then they'll just, like, let it go. They'll just, like, throw right? it away. And I'll I'm just like, like okay. Thing. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, okay. Like, and it doesn't make any sense to me. I'm like, okay, but, like, the show's got to move forward, you guys. <laughs> like, you've got to, you've got to, you know, if if you bring up a problem, you have to make that problem legitimate or else it, it just doesn't feel like it's going anywhere, which is eventually which to me is like what happened um 
but it's more prominently felt in the second season than it is in this first season. Yeah, I agree. Um, I just, I did see it in one particular instance in the first season that like did not sit right with me and I'm going to get into it right now. So, um, Riley's best friend, Lacey is married to Dale, who's played by Greg Gunberg. Um, Dale is a long distance truck driver, so he's not home a lot. And in the first season, it's, I feel it's crystal clear that they're setting us up for something like Lacey is in a bad marriage because her husband doesn't care about her. When he's home, he barely pays attention to her, that he might want to be get divorced to her, that he might have another family out on the road. And then they do a complete 180 and Dale becomes this doting husband. Right. <laughs> it's like, what? And I... <laughs> And a part of me understands that in in that um, maybe there was a conversation where they're like, we don't want to make all the dudes in the story bad. Or like maybe there was, to my mind, it sort of speaks to this idea that maybe they were trying to figure out how to have this show that is rooted in all these real, that's grounded but still keep a lighter tone and how do they do that? But it, it didn't work. It needed to just go forward. I mean, I am glad though about the overhaul because I feel like the Lacey character deserved a good husband. I'm tired of the men being trash. And <laughs> right. I think that Dale and, and, and Lacey's storyline actually went in a really cute direction. I really like that for her, but it's just that they, we weren't shown a resolution Right. They never really talked about the problem. And when they, when, when Lacey tried to talk about the problem, Dale shut her down. Like, it's like he just woke up one morning and decided I'm gonna be decent. <laughs> right. Exactly. And that's, that's the problem. There's no resolution. And, and we've talked about this. We talked about this a lot, actually, when we talked about runaways, you introduce something, you have to resolve it. You have to resolve it or else, because if you don't like it's the audience can feel it. And, um, it, Overall, it's just going to make your series weaker. I can understand, like, if you as a story, you're like, I want Dale to be a good guy. Perfect. So how do we get to Dale being a good guy? That That's it. You, you make, you create situations and obstacles that they work on together to resolve that ultimately makes Dale a good guy. Like, that's totally possible to do and to get to, but it can't be like, oh, like, we're just not gonna, we're like, uh, scratch that, Dale's a good guy. Like, no, like, okay. So he is out on the road a lot, right? He is neglecting her. Um, they are having these problems. Resolve it. How do they fix this problem of him being neglectful and come out on the other side where he can still be a good guy. Like there, like there's story there. There's a lot of story that can happen there, but you have to do it. Right. Right. And that's, that's exactly my point. It's not that I'm mad that Dale became like a good person overnight because like I said, Lacey deserved that. And I understand that these are supporting characters, but like, give me some tea. <laughs> right. You got to tell the story. You got to tell the story. I, that sounds so annoying, but like, that's, that is, that's what it is. You gotta, you gotta know how to get from point A to point B, which listen, I'm not cha. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that it's, it's easy. Cause it's not, it's hard, <laughs> right, but, right. um, but uh, it has to be done. No, no, it absolutely needs to be done. 
it needs to be done. Uh, it could have been flushed out well, but I understand too that maybe because they only had ten episodes, they were feeling like the pinch. And maybe they didn't want to spend that much time on a supporting character. I'm giving y'all the benefit of the doubt. I really hope that was the reason. <laughs> I mean, that's very gracious. I would argue that, like, <laughs> that, that's, I would argue that, like, that's a no, you have to know what you're doing in your B plot. Um, but uh, that's very gracious of you, Em. <laughs> but uh, no, seriously, a lot of the side characters have a lot of cool things going on. So Serena, Selena, excuse me, not Serena, Selena, who got Riley the job, um, and she gets jealous of Riley and the fact that, you know, Riley's really good and she's really responsible. And Georgia, their, their manager, gives her a lot of responsibilities. So they have a little bit of beef for a minute. That's really cute. Nice little tension. Um, we, there's tension between the other um, massage therapists and their boyfriends who don't know what they do. There is a lot of really good tension involving Riley's mother, Lynette, who's a borderline alcoholic. Let's be very real. And so we kind of see all these aspects of Riley's life and how with the exception of Lacey, she and and Evan, um, she kind of has a really codependent relationship with a lot of people in her life. And she has she shoulders a lot of burdens and responsibilities, but she doesn't really have anyone to talk to when like she's in the thick of it and she really needs a shoulder. Exactly. But the client looks like it, I feel like the first season, despite a few hiccups, it goes through really, really well. Um, 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 you know, of course, Evan. Kyle, even though he's not in the picture, like he's not in her life at that very moment, he's still a huge factor in driving the plot, which I think was really, really smart. So she kind of dives into Kyle's background because she's like, people don't just leave their families like this. I need to know what was going on. So she starts investigating. At first, she thinks he's, he might have been having an affair, but then realizes, no, he just had a pres- uh, uh, an addiction to prescription painkillers. Um uh, as a result of an injury that he sustained when he was in the military. And she's trying to find out where he is. Um, at one point, not even to try to get him back, just to know that this man's not dead <laughs> in a ditch somewhere, um, just so she can have something to tell her children who keep asking about their father. Right. Uh, it's messy. Kyle is very messy. <laughs> Kyle is a very messy person. And and uh, we end the season with him, like, you know, popping back up <laughs> from wherever he was. Yo, why do they pop up as soon as somebody starts to get over them? Fighting <laughs> like, uh, since it's like, uh-uh, she's moving on. Time to come back. Yeah, like, she's all, she's getting ready to, like, you know, what's the brother's name again? Evan? Evan, yeah. Evan. She's getting ready, you know, she's taking, like, this nice-ass, like, really relaxing sexy bath and she's lit all the candles and she's ready to she's preparing herself to to throw it back at evan and that's a big deal because she of her own admission is like kyle is the only person that i've ever had sex with like that's it she's like because they got married when they were super young so this is a big moment for her (laughs) and you know he pops back up because that's because men can sense it when you're when you're happy. She they he just knew he's like mm mm she moving on. Um, he wasn't ready though, but we'll talk about that in a minute. But yeah, he shows back up when nobody wanted him there anymore. <laughs> <laughs> we deal with sort of all of the the aftermath of 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 all that of of, of everything, 
uh, as well as uh, Riley's manager, Loretta Devine. Um, Georgia? No. Yeah, Georgia. Yes, Mm -hmm. Georgia has agreed to, like, sell her the the business. Like, Riley's, you know, ten toes down for for this this massage parlor and and that's how we we end that season right so honestly her life was coming together in a major way because she was about to become the owner of the rub which makes a lot of money which has a lot of clients she's shown georgia she's responsible she is dependable she's discreet she's trustworthy you know she's moving on with evan the kids have finally stopped crying themselves to sleep about their deadbeat daddy Life is good. So, of course, Kyle had to throw a wrench in it. Because, of course. <laughs> what do we think of season one? Good, bad, or basic? Um, It's it's good. Uh, Well, good minus. Because, like, no. No. I'm, I'm going to give it a good. I'm going to give it a solid good on the edge of... It's good for what it is. Child. Yeah, I'm going to give it a good as well. As well. And you, know, you guys know how I feel about Lacey and Dale and how that situation changed without actually being worked through. But that change is actually why I'm giving it a good. Because when I first was introduced to Lacey's marriage, I was like, oh, God, this is a show that's going to show, you know, the, the fat friend being in a horrible relationship. And her life is, like, terrible in comparison to Riley's. And I'm just like, when they gave Lacey, like, a good marriage, I was here for it. I really was. <laughs> so I'm going to give it a good, honestly, based off based off that and the fact that I think that Loretta Devine's casting and her uti- her utilization as a supporting character was pitch perfect. I don't know. I don't know how I know how I feel about the utilization of the the Loretta Devine character. I I think I might disagree with that slightly. I mean, I like Loretta Devine. I I always I love Loretta Devine. I love to see her. I love it when she shows up. Um, she always does the best with what she's given, but this was definitely an instance of her. The part isn't good, but she does the best with what she's given. I I'm into that. Um, so yeah. Okay. Let's talk about season two. So season two, obviously they had a hit on their hands. So they gave the client list 15 episodes this time. Um, 15 seasons that spoiler alert. I mean, 15 episodes that, spoiler alert, end on a cliffhanger. Um, the show never got the third season that 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 viewers wanted so badly. Um, and the reason um, 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 this, the third season was put on hold was because Jennifer Love Hewitt um, got uh, pregnant. Um, uh, Brian Hallisey, who plays her husband, uh, Kyle, was her actual a uh, real life fiance and you know baby daddy um and um what they what this producers wanted was for her to have this baby and for the Evan character to be revealed to be the father um the renewal delay just went on so 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 long and then the show was eventually uh, canceled because of creative differences between Jennifer Love Hewitt and Lifetime um, so that's pretty much how that went down. Um, it's not that the show lost in ratings. In fact, the second season had amazing ratings and it's not that viewers didn't want this or that the network didn't want it, but because of behind the scenes, personal stuff, the direction that the show was heading was, um, they, they couldn't meet in the middle. They couldn't find any sort of compromise or resolution, unfortunately. 
But season two, they really went in. And when I say they went in, they went in, you guys. Um, So Kyle comes back. And the cool thing about this show is that I think any other show, any other network might have shown that her life became less stressful because of her husband's return. But it actually became much, much more stressful. Because she's trying to deal with Kyle, trying to deal with Kyle's expectations. He really thinks like she's a revolving door. He could just come home and the family will embrace him with open arms. Um, it's really like, sick. That's, <laughs> like, that's like deep. That's deep toxic men energy. What <laughs> Deep. Um, it's so toxic. And um, of course, she's trying to keep him from learning about you know, what's going on with her work, you know, the line of work that she's doing. And that actually escalates this season. This season, Riley is in such a bad way financially that she actually agrees to meet with a client in a hotel and has sex with him. Right. Yeah. It's it, yeah. She, she, she gets pinched. Um, and because, and she's pinched because Kyle is incarcerated Kyle becomes incarcerated and uh, in his incarceration puts a, an added financial strain on the family with paying for his court fees. And, and, you know, if you've read anything about mass incarceration, you know, that like the financial burden to families is extremely significant. Um, and, uh, th- and that's essentially what happens. And so she needs this money to sort of pay for everything to pay, to keep her family going, but to also, pay his lawyer fees and, you know, do the things that need to be done with him and, and all of that. And, uh, she, she does, she crosses that line and she has like a real sort of like, you know, mental, you know, it's a big moral quandary for her. She doesn't, she doesn't really know where she stands after that. Right. Right. And I think the way that the show framed this entire scene from the time that this man propositions Riley to the time where she has this hotel room key and she's pondering and she's going back and forth with herself. And then she goes to the hotel to meet him. And the after effects of it, I thought were so beautifully and tastefully done. We don't actually see the sex between them. We just see Riley's emotional state before, during and after. And honestly, she's doing a lot for some dude that walked out on her. <laughs> I think uh, the compensation was more than fair. And even though Riley had a lot of moral quandary about it, I like she didn't relish doing this. It really helped her. In a mo- the, this money helped her in a moment that she really needed that money. Thanks, Kyle. Hashtag thanks, Kyle. But yeah, season two, you know, we see Riley moving up in the world. Not moving up, but definitely, like you said, taking more responsibility. She is buying, uh, she bought the rub from George, from Georgia. She's trying to make it better, instigating new things. And this is where the show starts to, at least for me, it feels as if I can feel a tension and that the show is really trying to decide like what it wants to be. And which is honestly strange in a second season, usually second season, the show is like, okay, this is what we're doing. <laughs> like, there you. It's usually second seasons are more confident, but um, this one there's definitely like tension within. I think what the show wants to be, which is why they didn't get a third season because, like we said, there are creative differences. So this was not like a, a wrong feeling because you start to see these darker elements start to trickle into the show, and 
which I don't mind. Um, but then it's like the show doesn't want to like go all in on them. So for example, when Riley is hiring all these new clients, not all these new clients, but she's hiring a bunch of new girls because business is booming. She hires who I like to call like Texan Britney Spears. <laughs> she with like the baby voice and everything. Well, Selena sort of gets in her head and, and is like, oh, this girl is out to get us. And so she fires the girl. And the girl then goes back to this old job at like a strip club. But it's not really with with a guy. I don't remember his name. And um and she's like being roughhoused, <laughs> like she's being hit. And it's clear that they wanna like talk about the fact that it's not really a strip like and and this is where it is. It's like it's really when when the sh- when the episode is executed, like visually, like it's clear that she like this this guy is taking care of her, like he's her pimp. But they don't want to like really dive into like prostitution, so they're like, oh no, it's a strip club. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, yeah, but it's a seedy strip club where people, you know, do prostitution. <laughs> <laughs> no, but they don't want to. But they don't want to go. It, like I'm like okay, but like go in on it. Like just just say it. But they're like no, it's a, it's a strip club. Like the show, it's like they're like no, it's a strip club. It's a strip club. It's like okay, like no, like we all we're all grown ups here. Like this is, you know, you're, you're trying to bring lifetime into a new era. Bring them into the new era. Let's just say it. <laughs> like, um, but it's like they don't want to. They're still trying to to do. I don't, they're still trying to keep this like happy go lucky tone of the show, which I get, but like also not real. Like, I don't know. There, there's, it feels like there's not like a, a real meeting of the minds that's happening <laughs> with regards to what they want to do. Yeah, I kind of feel like they don't want to let the show get too light, obviously, but they don't want it to get too dark either. They don't want it to feel too much like a drama. But I'm like, listen, you're a drama, though. Nothing about this is comedic. This is a drama, and it's a drama about sex work. So you need to evolve with the material. That's that's the perfect, succinct way to put it. You need to evolve with the material. That's that's perfectly correct. Like, yeah, I was doing a lot. Or not enough, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Um, They also add, like, a male, like, a... Like um a dude a du- a dude massager, which a man which is interesting, Mo- yeah, but like do cis straight men do sex work? Um, well, yeah, I mean, there's a whole there's I don't know if you've heard of this. Um, it's pretty big in the pornography industry as well, called gay for pay. Um, men who do like uh gay porn specifically because men who do straight porn really don't get paid that much. You get paid more for working with other men, significantly more. But like, but that's the thing. Like, but but like even that idea that there's a queer element there. There's no queer element in this show. That's and yeah. that's what I'm specifically talking about. Like, oh, there's right, right. I, I mean, I think I felt like when I first watched the show that they had gotten him there specifically for the guys who want uh, uh who want that right um um but that's never shown it's never shown right they never show you what they do they just heavily implied 
But like they don't even like he's never even seen like having male clients ever. No. But, but like he talk, he, a couple times he'll talk about I gotta get to my client. <laughs> like we never no. see when booking him. I think that's just something no because like and it, it's always inferred that it's a woman. Oh, right, right. No, I see what you're getting at. And I do know that there are absolutely women that pay for that type of service. I think that's actually one of the the types of like sex work services that that straight women will actually seek out a masseuse that does extras. Um, because like, you know, for for men who um, you know, like do ex escort work or male strippers, most of their clientele are other men, right? Right. Um, but I like, I, I really think the show could have and should have leaned more in the direction of him having male clients, especially in a place like the South. I feel like there's just so many, especially the kind of clientele they have, these wealthy, powerful men. I definitely think that there are a lot of men in the closet who would want that type of service from another man. Right. And then that was, and, the, and, the, and that's what I'm saying. That's what, that was like another thing. And it's like, I don't know. And I've read some stuff about, like, there is, like, a new wave of, like, women who pay for sex from men, like, cis straight women who do seek that out. But it's, like, it's still kind of taboo. I don't know. We have a lot of sex workers that follow us. There are a lot of sex workers that listen to this podcast. You guys, if you're listening, please, please hit us up on Twitter. Our DMs illuminate us. That would be nice. Um, Comment on the post when we, um, when we post this and when it goes live. Because I would like to like have a, a real conversation about this. And don't worry. Yeah. We block people. <laughs> yeah, we would never like out or anything. But we're derail or shame in the conversation yeah no we're just we're trying to uh, we're just trying to have our listen i know what i don't know and i'm just trying to wrap my brain i'm just trying to find out some information but yeah there's no that that bothered me that there's no like queer element to like the guy like the guy the one guy that they have and that didn't and like you said that didn't feel real particularly for the south um and it felt like and like you said the the show just could not evolve with the material that was there. Um, Because we lost a lot of the regulars in season one. Um, I believe we lost uh, Jenna Elfman's character left season one. Mm -hmm. Kendra, who was Notori Naughton's character, left season one. Mm -hmm. And the woman who played the Jolene character also left in season one. And so you're replacing them with all of these new, shiny, young, happy, sexually liberated people. But you're not doing much with them. Right, you're not doing much with them. Um, and in fact, let's yeah, let's talk about Nari not in uh, and and the other women's ag- exits. Like you're so it really felt so that first season we do have is as scant as it is, we do have like a sort of look into the other women who work at the rub, a look into their lives, and that completely falls by the wayside uh, this season. Um, Save for Selena, yeah, Selena, and the the girl who's being you know tricked out. Um, why? Like I don't know. It it just felt weird. That was I mean, thing. I appreciate knowing more about Georgia's life. Um, you know, once she sold uh, the rub. And like getting more into her character, I do think she was one of the, the probably the only supporting character that was given like due justice the second season, because um, they really just let everybody go. They were just like, okay, you don't matter. 
See, and then that's the thing, like, Georgia this season, Georgia last season was much better than Georgia this season to me. Because at least Georgia last season had that whole plot line with, at the at the back half of season one, with uh, that, like, mayor politician dude who was, like, threatening her business, mm-hmm. a.k.a. Daniel from Ugly Betty. Right, right. And I think what I like about this season was just that she had a time to relax and we got to know her behind the scenes life, like her fiance, her her church family, and not all like the drama stuff. <laughs> right. And, but then even in, right. So we, we, there are like little snippets. Like we learn like, that, yeah, she does have a fiance. There's like a pastor person and she's running like a bar with her fiance. But do you notice how like every time, at least I noticed that like nothing actually happens. Like there's no plot that they have that moves them forward in that. It's just like, you'll see like a scene where he's like, Oh baby, let me rub your feet or something. And she's like, no babe. Um, my feet are sufficiently rubbed. And then it's immediately like, George is here to like encourage and like gas up, gas up Riley. Like, um, it's like they understood that they fired all the black people and they're like, Oh, we can't just like have her. Like all she does is like, she's mammy to this white girl. But at the same time, we don't really have real stories for her. So we're just going to put in these random like asides. And then she's just going to mammy to this white girl. Like it, it was like, I don't know. I wasn't feeling it. I was like, okay. I, I, mean, I was honestly, I wasn't bothered by, by that aspect so much, but I do, I do really dislike the way that the show never resolves anything. The only plot point for, for a sub character that went anywhere was Lacey and Dale adopting their child this season. The only one. I mean, that one's not, but also the mother, the, the mother who's like the alcoholic. Lynette, yeah, yeah, she, like she got yeah, a whole sure. thing with her. But stuff. even that, like, her situation with her fiance was treated the same way as Georgia and her fiance. Like we, they, they, they talk and they do little cute things, and then they fade away, and like we never hear from them again until yeah. we meet the guy in another scene. <laughs> no, they had a whole plot about how he was a scammer. <laughs> oh right, right. Her oh gosh, I keep forgetting how many men are trash on this show. Yeah, her man was a whole scammer, wasn't he? Yes. No, that's what I'm saying. She had like a whole. She had a thing, and they had to convince her that like, mama. They were like, mama, he's a scammer. And she's like, no, like he loves me. Like, and then when she put it to the test, it's like, nah, he's a scammer. No, <laughs> so but she- that was like so on brand for Lynette though, because like Lynette was branded from episode one as someone who like makes poor decisions. <laughs> <laughs> And then we have this whole, um, and then what's his face is, you know, becoming a cop. Uh, and then in this whole thing with the, with the, is she, she's not, is she Vietnamese? I forget. Uh, yeah, I believe TV Carpio's Vietnamese, but the, the character, um, they, uh, it's supposed to be a uh, Filipino. Okay. And then the whole thing with the Filipino, the, the Filipino girl quotations so everybody kind of got their thing and then you know loretta divine was here to just be like riley you can do it riley you have it within yourself girl Mm. you know i i see what the problem is my bar is really low i'm just glad she wasn't suffering 
I mean, like, okay, look at her. She got a husband and she got this money. She sold this, this, this sugar, this, this, the, the spa to this white girl. And she's just living her best happy life. All she does now is give great advice. She's like Ayanla because her life is perfect. <laughs> and listen, listen, no, listen, I, Shout out to the one black writer in the that writer's room who probably fought for for at least her having that fiance. I'm sorry, let me correct myself from earlier. TV Carpio is not Vietnamese. She is uh, Chinese. Her parents are Chinese from Hong Kong. I I always just go to Vietnamese because I know there's like a large Vietnamese uh, and Korean population in the South in general. That's why I always go for like Vietnamese yeah, or Korean. But um. Yeah. Well, yeah, I agree with what you're saying. Shout out to whomever decided that. Um, Georgia should be happy. <laughs> Georgia shouldn't be suffering. Listen, like, yeah. I, I'm not mad at a character like Georgia when she has her own ideas, she's got her own personality, and she's not suffering. I think one of the issues that I have, and I'm constantly going to reference Bonnie Bennett, the issue that I have with a Bonnie B- Bennett character isn't that she wants to help her little friends all the time. It's that her whole life is in shambles because of her little friends. <laughs> Um, uh, I don't, I'm of of two minds. I I think that you have to do the best, like in a, in a, in a bad situation. And if you told me that, like, there was literally just one black staff writer who, um, that was it. (laughs) Like, and all they did all day long was like, cause white people, Cause I'm sure they couldn't like suggest whole pitch, like whole stories for her, but mm-hmm. at the least maybe that they could do, they would probably be like, she should like have a fiance and she should like, you know, run her own business after the rub. Like maybe white people would acquiesce to that. And I res- and they, they could do that much um, while keeping their job. And I, I respect that, but it doesn't change the fact that like, it's not a good part. Like, it doesn't change the fact that there's, like, there's just no story, like, to that character. And that that character, at still at the end of the day, gets um, gets thrown by the wayside. And it's not that I, I want Black girls to be happy on screen, but, like, I also want them to have good parts. <laughs> I want them to have good stories. Um, because our, our lives are interesting and rich. And, um... They deserve to have good stories. Black actresses are too talented. The like Loretta Devine is too fucking talented to not have good stories written for her. She just is. Like it's a, it's to me like it's a it's a travesty. <laughs> like it's a travesty in the the highest uh, and it's disrespect uh, actually to be as talented and as revered and I think be in the game as long as Loretta Devine. And then what what are you gonna do? You're gonna have her be like mm, Riley girl you go girl <laughs> like no <laughs> like that is oh, slavery you know, I that time because I think she did her character did much more than that <laughs> like I mean she did it while kissing like a really beautiful man like and um like I said like having a, a shot where she's in a bar that she runs that uh is still ultimately focused on the Riley character because she sings in it. But like, that's what happened. Like, she doesn't have lots of story beyond that. She's not like, not, not to this extent that Riley's best friend is not to the extent that Dave is not, not Dave, Evan, not Mm -hmm. to the extent of, um, even, even the Selena character, (laughs) the Selena character has more story than she does. And that's... Uh, we only care about Selena when Selena was dating Evan, though. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
so that to me, that's yeah, that's that's not cool. And it's not that I don't want these black actors on predominantly white shows, but like you gotta write for them, dude. Um, like I said, I my bar solo, and I think the reason I'm willing to let it ride is in looking at all the other characters on the show. Lynette's, her, I mean, George is the only one who even has her life together. Yeah, we can we can have great dramatic story lines and plot points for all these other characters because they always they're always in some shit. They always have a problem, <laughs> and she doesn't. And I'm just like, yes, yes, for like the stress free. Um, black, and once she gets the rub off her hands, she's more or less stress-free. And I kind of wish I saw more of that, especially maybe for black women in, in general, particularly for dark-skinned black women and black women her age. They're always in the role of like long-suffering, hard-working with nothing to show for it. And just seeing like my girl Georgia like achieve and she had her financial security and she had her fine, devoted man. I, I think I was just so happy for her. I didn't notice <laughs> the other stuff. And and you know what I hear what you're saying and I and I I I really do I hear that I receive it I'm saying and I don't I don't even disagree with it I'm saying there's a middle ground there's a middle ground there's a middle ground between long suffering and no story and just like That's true. there's a, there is it exists I know it does um, and the show couldn't find it for her they could find it for their other characters but they couldn't find it for her and that's not cool at the end of the day, that's where I'm at. Okay. I feel that that's valid. I, I, I agree with that. Um, they could have done more. They could have done more. And I honestly, like, I mean, it's hard to tell that line because you don't want her to like kind of overspill into the main character, but they could have used her in different ways. I do like how toward the end, they utilize the Selena character more, especially when like the sugar land was, uh, the, the rub at sugar land came under investigation. Right. And right. like Selena and, and Riley, you know, band together like they're like the ogs of the spa now since everyone's left to try to like fix the situation and keep their job and everyone else's job and place of employment from going under the show actually reaches its zenith right at that series finale <laughs> and i right. hate it, That's true. I, hate it. <laughs> I hate it so much uh, season two ends with like the the rub has you know there's a task force that's put together to take down the rub. Riley is Riley's freedom is on the line at this point. Um, so is Selena's, and if they get busted, um, that would spill back on Georgia too in a major way. Um, right, because she was the first owner. She put this place together. Um, she's just as culpable as everybody else, maybe more so she's a black woman. So she definitely do more time than everybody else in Texas. Um, <laughs> that's, we kind of get left on this cliffhanger and I really wish I could have just buried this hatchet because this is violence. <laughs> Where's the resolution? Evan is like a cop on the task force and he doesn't try to like squash the investigation or, <sighs> Yeah. Fuck up evidence. Let me say something. Y'all act like it that really hurt me because I'm like, I know y'all not gonna sit out here and tell me that police are not corrupt. <laughs> like, I know y'all ain't really trying to do that to me. Like, I know this is not the, I, the story we're going with. This is the network that gave us army wives. They feel some type of way about upholding these these standards of morals and virtues with their military and their police. They're not going to show us 
a corrupt task force and and you know alienate their audience if at most are going to show us like one bad apple in a very good a bunch <laughs> like that's lifetime i never expected them to do no different and evan i lost so much respect for evan for exactly what you said i'm not even saying sabotage a task force i'm saying give old girl a heads up let her know what she needs to do to keep her nose clean and then also and then another thing that didn't make sense to me is like earlier in the season riley's friend not 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 clientless riley but buffy riley's friend i don't know that actor's name i just remember he was riley's bff on buffy Oh, right, right, right. So on the client list, he's like a he's like an upper level cop. Where is he? <laughs> like that they know that they they know him. He, you know, he he gets he's a regular. Where is he at? Y'all ain't call him? Like, what's going on? Yeah, basically like I've looked into it. Nothing to see here. Go about your life. <laughs> oh right, go about your life. Like shit like that happens all the time. It really that, does. That is the American justice system as we know it. And this, I, is, this is what ma- didn't make sense to me. They have cops and lawyers and judges on the client list. So I understand not wanting to like scare everybody on the list, but be like, listen, I need a favor. No one's, nothing's been found out, but we might be under investigation. Pull rank right now. <laughs> right. I mean, this is literally, an, this is like, this is how, this is, this was an episode of Scandal, you guys. <laughs> like, and this is how Scandal resolved the episode, was that. Yeah, they called Olivia Pope real quick, for real. Because <laughs> this, this exact, like, the client list, like, this was a whole app episode of Scandal. And in the end, Harrison is just calls all the judges and lawyers and everybody on the list. And he's like, listen, like we're about to get busted, fix it. And that's exactly what they do. They fix it. (laughs) So. Right. Like don't act like y'all don't have connections. Like you don't have an actual network. Right. So. Uh, It uh, was messy, but it was super, super intriguing and fun to watch. Yeah. It was fun. And that's, yeah. And that's how the show ends. You know, the show is interesting. I liked it. I like the show too. I'm going to give the second season a good as well, but not a great, but good and better than the first. <laughs> um, uh, I, I feel like that, that back half of the second season, they were really doing something. They were on to something. You know, I'm going to give it a good minus. And I think it's because of the plot holes. I think it's because of George's character. I think it's because of um, this Evan not sabotaging the the investigation like a dummy, um, but I'm also giving it a good minus for what the prob essentially the problem I said that that sort of um, persisted through the first season and became more prominent in the second, which is they are introducing like story and then they let it drop off and then they introduce story and then they let it drop off um, in favor of just like new story but like not result resolving the old one. Overall, I really like it. I think there's a lot of good here. And I think that if somebody, I know I, I hate the re- word reboot, but like, I do think this is, this is probably a good property for a reboot. Um, yeah. Uh, Cause there's a, there's a lot here. There's a lot there's a lot of rich story in there to be told and I think teased out and worked with. Um, maybe I probably wouldn't like 
recall like I'd probably I would do it like as like it's a new like a bunch like kind of reset it in that like new girls new owner maybe even like a new city right maybe like maybe Riley maybe we give some explanation that Riley um got out of whatever she got out of but that she franchised the business and and then you can have you can be in a new place with a new with a new girl with new girls and stuff. But I definitely would like to see this tried again for sure. I agree with that. I mean, honestly, if they wanted to reboot it, um, not reboot, but like do a, well, I guess a remake with a completely different cast, same premise. I would be down for that too because, like I said, we only got two seasons. We only got twenty five episodes, and they were kind of floundering in a particular direction. I don't like when a show has 10 seasons and we try to like jumpstart it again. <laughs> True blood. Um, <laughs> like it literally just ended two weeks ago and y'all want to make that a thing again. <laughs> Please stop. Please but stop. this is a good property. And honestly, I haven't seen a show l- like this since. Right. I, it, very rarely do they try to, you know, portray uh, uh, sex workers as mothers and as, as, as daughters and friends and members of the community. Uh, mm-hmm. it's very pigeonholy. Um, the closest I've ever come to seeing a show like the client list was the web series by the Wigs channel, the HBO property called, uh, blue. And it was starring Julia styles. Um, I can't even find the episodes on YouTube anymore, but it was an amazing show. And that's the closest we ever came. And of course, like I said, that was a web series. So can we have something recent? Can we have something modern? Let's do that. Right. And exact. And I definitely want to, um, like reiterate what you say, said about, uh, sex workers being complete people like not just a mom but like a good mom right like she's a real like she's a good mom she's a really good mom to her kids um you know she's not an addict or like you know she's very normal and i i definitely like to to see that right absolutely again yeah, it would be nice to have a show like The Client List again. Um, and the thing, cool thing about The Client List um, is that I feel like that is a show that's ripe for, um, you know, a sort of a colorblind casting if you wanted to go in that direction. You could do this show again with Black people. You could do this show again with a Latinx family. You could do it again. You could. You absolutely could. And um, you could... Uh, yeah, you're yeah. There's there's definitely like a there's a version of this show that is um really like super diverse and stays that way and I would love to see that aspect of it as well. Um and I'd also really like to see a reset in the south cuz the south is like a really diverse place. Um you know what the show like kind of reminds me of? It feels like the it feels like the grandmother to hustlers a bit <laughs> i can definitely see that i can definitely like the 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 storylines are similar i think a lot of stories about sex work and mothers doing sex work tend to have a lot of overlap um but yeah i feel that i definitely feel that um like i mean no men were drugged and hurt in the making of the kindness <laughs> no but but the but the idea of just like women just trying to do the best they can with with what they have and like that the aspect of like sisterhood absolutely um, because 
that's like a big part of, at least to me, that's the biggest part of hustlers is like sisterhood and friendship. Um, I, I feel a lot of that in like the, the client list and family yeah. as well. The Ramona character in particular gives me a lot of both Georgia and Riley energy. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh-huh. Um, that is, it's just a great show. It's definitely a, a hot property that you guys can work with. Um, I, I, I feel like, uh, any, a woman in the American South uh, of any uh, race or ethnicity would be amazing in this role. And it it would still be believable regardless. <laughs> right. In fact, I, I would love to see because I would, I would love to see, um, even like a like a like an Asian American like woman like helm like that project, mm-hmm. and even make the family Asian American because I know there is even like like because that's like a stereotype, but like I think this would it would it could be like a good property for like an Asian American woman to sort of like take that stereotype or like and and like flip it on its head, right? Uh, and like give a chance to like be in control of that narrative and how that that even happens. Like I would like to see that. Um, okay. there's just a lot, there's a lot that all we're saying is there's a lot here. There's a lot of possibility for really, really rich, beautiful storytelling. So somebody should do that. The raw material is great. And if you guys can get some writers and a showrunner who can handle, uh, the, our protagonist in a reboot with the same sensitivity that Riley was handled, I think you'd have a, a hit on your hands. Same. I think you'd have a really good, 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 like good thing on your hands. This is everything that we think made the client list good, bad, basic, and so seductive. If you'd like to check out the series, the client list is currently streaming for free on the Tubi app. If you've enjoyed this episode of The Good, The Bad, The Basic, be sure to share it with your friends. And if you're a member of our Patreon, be sure to check out the client list playlist. Tune in next week as we keep the strong female leads going with the recap of the landmark dramedy, Ugly Betty. Ugly Betty is currently streaming for free on ABC.com. So be sure to check into this series or go refresh your memory. You don't want to miss out on this conversation. The Good, The Bad, The Basic is currently streaming on all major podcast platforms, so be sure to tune in to our regular weekly episodes on the go. Leave us a review on your preferred platform and share our weekly episodes on your social media. Follow us at The Good Bad Basic on Twitter and at Good Bad Basic Pod on Instagram to get in on our daily content. Also be sure to follow our SoundCloud page, The Good, The Bad, The Basic, where all of our weekly episodes debut first. If you love this sort of content and want more, become a show producer and patron over on Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com forward slash goodbadbasic. Your support allows us to keep bringing you our regular weekly episodes as well as exclusive bonus material. Until next time, bye everyone!